For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. We're on a collision course for the national championship, and only variable is time. Because the train is rolling, so anybody out there, I can't tell you what's going to happen right now, but it's coming. Get on board, or get out the way. Every single play, you got to find a way to get it done. Play after play after play after play. You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now. Here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince Lococo. Welcome into another episode of From the Pink Seats Podcast. Jacob Lane, Vincent Lococo, just us two tonight. Matt McGavin covering uh, an important night in the community as Louisville and Bellarmine take the field tonight uh, following the mass shooting on Monday. Uh, Presley Meyer out of town traveling for work. Big, big week of work for him. So uh, tonight's just Vince and I, and it's a special episode, one uh, that's a little different. Uh, one where we're not going to specifically just talk about Louisville football, uh, but still a lot of good stuff uh, as we dive into foundational, important pillars of the football community in this area and around the state for middle school kids. We'll get into the details of what we're talking about here in a second. But first of all, Vincent Lococo, how are you, my friend? I'm I'm good, bro. It's nice to. I was really looking forward to hopping on here tonight with everything that's been going on this week, and uh, you know, just chatting about you know anything and everything really. So it's kind of ironic that we have this you know curveball of an episode where we have Coach Rico on and and just throw something different at everybody and have have people listen to a little bit of uh you know my story and how I got <laughs> he he I knew he was gonna rope me into this uh, how my story got started a little bit and just you know what he's doing in this community and how much he's helping our youth uh in the football community and outside off the field uh just an overall can't say enough great things about him yeah and what Vince is talking about uh is coach Rico Hughes our guest tonight um and he comes to us from the Kentucky Future Stars Middle School All-Stars which pits the state of Kentucky against the state of Tennessee the finest middle school talent one against one another in a very collegiate like environment and what this is built to do uh it may seem like it's just about a week of football and staying out of college campus but Vince what it's meant to do is to take kids out of communities who uh, otherwise may not get to experience this type of environment, put them into a college campus, put them in the facilities, put them on the field and allow them to experience that to strike up a fire uh, and a zeal and passion for football to pursue that despite any type of life circumstances that they may come from um, things of uh, uh, like that. It, it's a really good opportunity for guys to pursue football at a very next level type of environment. Yeah, the dorm thing, I, mean, I know we didn't dig too much into it, but that was like the wildest experience out of everything on that, man. This that week of being like a seventh and eighth grader and, you know, living in a dorm and all this stuff. And then, you know, I had a crappier dorm in seventh and eighth grade at that than I did whenever I actually had a dorm at UofL, which was very relieving. <laughs> That's hilarious. We would have been, for, for that year, the year I remember was Lindsey Wilson when I roomed with Max Martin and we were like old school, uh, minor- not minority. Uh, what was the crappy one that just got torn down? Uh, oh, what Miller Hall? Yeah, it was like that. Side. Yeah, I mean, man. Not that musty and stuff. Not that musty, but like okay. it was that. Yeah, I definitely have not so fond memories of Miller Hall. That's where my college orientation was at at U of L. But now, as, as you guys will hear, I mean. Shoot, they're freaking big balling over here now, man. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's a very cool event. And uh, to be quite honest with our audience, this is my first time being exposed to uh, this event, what th- what this is. And, and, and it's really cool to see. And you may be asking yourself, you're a Louisville football podcast. Why is this important? Why are we listening to this? And, and what I would say as to why you should continue to listen is these kids who 
end up playing for Louisville, who end up playing in the area around us, most of them have in common that they have participated in this event when they are from this area. This is a very, uh, as I mentioned, foundational event and opportunity for middle school kids to go on to have this experience to, like I said, strike a passion to go and play college football. Um, And so a lot of these kids end up at Louisville um, and you'll hear some names that have gone through the program. A couple of guests on this show, in fact, um, have gone through that program, including one here, Vincent Lacoco. You're going to get the scouting report on Vincent Lacoco on this episode. (laughs) I think that's fun. God, he was so uncomfortable when that was happening. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. I mean, like, to have somebody talk you like talk you up like that, you're so appreciative, and it's. I mean, it, he's just a good dude. Man. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, mean, I can't encourage you enough to dig in and, and listen here. Uh, a fairly short episode, so not a ton of information, but it, it is a really cool opportunity for kids in this area to uh, experience. And so we're excited to talk to Rico Hughes tonight. Really, really excited for the opportunity to to. Just hear these stories, man. That's what this is all about. Podcasting is all about telling stories. Um, And for us, it's mostly Louisville football. But tonight, uh, it's just football in general. So we thank you all for tuning in. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Rate, review, do all of that for us from the Pink Seeds podcast, anywhere that you get your shows. You can also catch us on YouTube as well, including our most recent episode with Yasir Abdullah, which I would highly encourage you to listen to if you haven't already. Follow us, uh, interact with us, get involved in the show at Pink Seats Pod on Twitter, uh, at the State of Louisville, anywhere else on social media. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, weeks here, or, uh, really a week until spring football. Close, uh, we're back out there at Cardinal Stadium. I can't wait um, to do that, to be out there with with uh, uh, our friends here on the show oh, and just the fans wait. in general, man. It's going to be going to be great so uh, we're going to keep encouraging you guys to tune in uh, through the summer we've got some some really cool and exciting stuff coming up uh, but for now let's jump into the episode with rico hughes i know you're expecting jacob's voice and i hate to let you down uh jacob's still here but you know this guy's so special that jacob let me intro him we're welcome into the show. Someone very special to me, like I said, uh, Coach Rico Hughes. He runs everything on the Kentucky versus Tennessee Future Stars game, and uh, somebody very near and dear to my heart. Somebody I'm very appreciative of. So, Coach, first off, how are you doing? I'm doing well, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. How are you? Uh, we are all doing well over here. I mean, Jacob, I texted him last week. I'm like, hey, he tweeted me. There's no better time. Like he told you before the show, we had been planning on doing this for years pretty much but uh you know finally correlating finally you know hitting the right groove so i'm excited to have you on and uh talk this uh kentucky tennessee game which has helped so many guys not just get to the college level but get to the nfl absolutely yeah we're very proud of that and i think it uh no one kind of understood where we were uh then you know the, the long game if you will uh back in 20 you know 2009 and 2010 when we you know first implemented this but I think everyone kind of understands and gets the picture now. And that now that the generations are changing a little bit, we have to kind of renew it every couple of years just so they understand where we are that we're still here and still on solid ground. So let, let's – I know who you are. Jacob doesn't even know who you are. But let, let's tell our audience who exactly is Rico Hughes, what you do outside of Future Stars, uh, what you do with Future Stars. Let's hear it all. Buddy, I'll tell you what, I wear a ton of hats, man, and uh, my wife wouldn't have it any other way. But I, I say, as far as Future Stars are concerned, I'm the director and, 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 and founder of Kentucky Future Stars and Kentucky versus Tennessee Future Stars. So uh, my partner, Josh Jones, who handles the Tennessee side, a very good friend of mine. We met back in 2005, 2006. I was hosting a youth tournament here in Louisville. He brought his team up from Knoxville, Tennessee. And the relationship kind of blossomed from that point. I also, you know, I, I, I am in the car business, been out at uh, Bill Collins Ford and Collins Nissan for 15 years. I've been in the business for over 20. I'm also a real estate agent as well. And I'm also a football agent that currently helps, you know, young men with their NFL football careers and so forth. So I uh, had several guys from the area. You, I think one of my guys, Keith Tobridge, was on. Not yeah, long ago, yeah, Keith and, was on. Uh, we saw you yeah. uh, tweet out the picture a couple of days ago. Actually, who were those two guys you were with hanging out in Houston? 
Still got yeah, it. Yeah, I was in Houston uh, last weekend. Uh, well, weekend before last. Had a free weekend because we were off from Future Stars that particular week. A lot of spring breaks were in play. So I went down to see Trenton Cannon, who's currently on the roster for the Tennessee Titans. He's rehabbing from an ACL. And then Joel E.A. Booneyway, we call Iggy. Uh, he is on the roster for the Carolina thank, Panthers. Thank God, thank God you pronounced that. I was sitting there. I'm like, I don't want to butcher his last name. I'm just going to yep. say two NFL guys and let it ride yep. like that. Yeah, yeah. E.A. Booneyway. So we just call him Iggy, and he's a West Kentucky grad, was a fourth-round draft pick, and going into year six in the NFL. Let me ask you just about the football side of things. I know you've talked about how important this is to the community and to the the folks that come and actually play and participate and go on to be very productive football players. But tell me, give me the origin stories, how you guys kind of got this lifted off the ground and how it became a staple for players in both states to want to participate in this and, and just how it's become what it is today. Well, I, I've been coaching uh, youth football and the youth and couple years of high school in the city for you know over tw- you know 20 years over 20 25 years now and uh i always felt that kentucky football uh was underserved and the athletes in kentucky was underserved we just didn't get the respect that georgia florida and you know other states tennessee uh were getting when it came to high school scholarships i mean college scholarships and for our high school players so i felt that you know maybe this program i could start would put us on a grand stage kind of renew the old rivalry from the high school days, Kentucky versus Tennessee, since they have a level of respectability that we did not at the time. I felt it was great to see our athletes compete against their athletes because typically they come in every year with eighth graders, at least five or six of them that have power five offers already. So if we play them on a level playing field and, and, and play well against them, then our guys should be uh, considered for the same opportunities. So, uh, that's pretty much how it started. Called my guy Josh Jones down in uh, Knoxville and said, hey, I think we can do this. This is my idea. This is what I'm thinking. Let's help these young men out in the community. And my time was getting short from coaching in Youth League. So I needed another vehicle, if you will, to impact young people and kind of teach them early what I learned late. And so just continuing off of that now to where we are, what is the the seasonality of this, the schedule? How does this kind of play out for those who have no idea what this is and are just kind of learning about it? What does this look like? You know, some might think it's a camp, a, a tournament, or, uh, you know, explain kind of to the audience how this actually uh, takes place on the field and kind of what you all plan and then actually put into action over the course of a year. We basically, we basically, this is year 14 for us. So uh, we basically take – we have open tryouts throughout the entire state of Kentucky. Uh, and we, you know, encourage – we added sixth grade two or three years ago. So we have the best current sixth, seventh, and eighth grade athletes throughout the state, no matter where you come from, what you look like. If you want to try out, we have an open tryout. I think we were one of the first ones uh, to really start the tryout process because we felt that uh, having a, a tryout fee would give buy-in you know, where the kids are not just out goofing around and just playing around. They would really be serious if you're spending, you know, 20, 30 bucks or whatever the number was at that time. So we, uh, and, you know, get the best guys out. We form three teams from that now, and we take those guys to camp basically in June. So our trial start really end of March and all through April. We'll select our rosters the first week of May, which is typically the Sunday after Kentucky Derby. And then we'll uh, – in, uh, announce those rosters and then we'll go to camp in like mid-June so June the 14th is our date this year I'll report to camp day so what we like to do is put these guys on a college campus uh, in a college environment sleep in the dorm eat in the chow hall practice at the college facility and have these kids kids understand that environment and hopefully they'll aspire for that moving forward so I want them to be on that, that type of campus obviously behave themselves and do their school work and all the other important intangibles that go with making a collegiate student athlete. But once we go to camp, we're in camp Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we do a home and home with Tennessee. So we'll either travel on Friday, have a huge pep rally. We used to do a banquet, but it's a pep rally now. All the teams are there. Parents are there. We kind of just talk smack a little bit, introduce some coaches, and then we get back to our hotels respectively and start preparing for Saturday's games. And we'll play, 
usually a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and play those games. And then once uh, the games are over, guys are dismissed. Parents are encouraged, obviously, to pick them up from there. But we we're the most affordable stay all night camp in America, bar none. <laughs> hey, I mean, and the most fun none. too, man. I tell you, yeah, what. bar none. I mean, we we, we 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 swim. We have some fun, but we do three a day. So those guys show up on a Wednesday morning, and by guys, thirty minutes after we welcome everybody, we're on the practice field. Yep, yep. You know, we're no on the practice field. Yeah. So, uh, we're camping at Camelsville University this year, as we did last year, and we're playing the games this year on Tennessee soil at Austin Peace University down in Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, man, I wish we did that back in the day. You know, my mom's from Campbellsville. We could have had grandma cooking homemade breakfast for us and everything. Listen, listen. Yeah, it's music to my ears, brother. And, and, you know, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Vince LaCoco uh, not only was a player in in our event, in our game, but as a former MVP, which carries a lot of weight. You know, typically MVPs, yeah, MVPs, you know, they, you know, I mean, hey, we've got guys now that are, I mean, for for just an example, Dane Key, who plays the University of Kentucky right now, was an MVP in our game. So That's that kind of gives you that kind of gives you the uh, the bloodlines of the MVPs, wow, man. man. You know, so rare you know, air over guys. here. Rare yep. air over here, man. All right, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. He he told me I, I have to keep it within the guardrails. I can't ask for any stories or dig deep for any info on Vince <laughs> Lacoco. But here's yep. what I want to know: What's this? Like, I know Vince post football, right? For for okay. me, it's doing podcasts, hanging out, drinking beers, watching football, going to games together. You know, this man does jujitsu and he works out and he's, he could kick my butt in a matter of seconds if he wanted to. Thankfully he's chosen not to so far, but what's the scouting report on prime Vincent Lococo on the football field? Like give me the breakdown of what he brought to the field. It's so sad when you say my prime in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, listen, I, I believe that, you know, uh, seventh grade sixth seventh and eighth grade is is a good indicator of the trajectory moving forward okay and you get a real tail of the tape of what kind of guy you have what kind of person what kind of athlete student and so forth that's why we chose the middle school level to have this competition and have this event because it gives us time for the ones that need it we can kind of catch them and maybe hopefully write the ship for them and straighten them up but, you know, as far as Vince LaCoco, man, listen, flat out, I mean, as the young people say now, he's a dog. He was a dog, man. I mean, so he, I mean, he, he did everything. And listen, his dad and his mom, I mean, look, he comes from great stock. Okay. He comes from great stock. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, he would show up every day. He was a leader, ferocious, and, you know, athletic is all get out. So at the end of the day, he had the total package, smart, you know, leadership, you know, and he might goof around a little bit when I wasn't looking, no doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. But at the end of the day, when he got on that on, inside those lines, it was all business and it was all about helping his teammates, you know, accomplish a common goal. Man, I still look back to that game and uh, I think it was 2011, which to me feels like you know, two Sundays ago, but in all reality is a very long time ago. I got a scoop and score, man. This is the most yep. tired I've probably ever been in a football game, like a 55 yep. yard <laughs> scoop yep. and score. And I've never been more winded. And y'all are like, nah, get your ass back out there. Y'all got that, defense right, exactly back, right. right back up, right back up. <laughs> and that game, man, I, I actually went back and watched the video of that game. It's on YouTube uh, when I knew I was coming on this show. So I went back and watched it just last night. Oh my so, God. Uh, yeah, it, it was opportunity because uh, we lost that game in overtime. Is that accurate? Yep, red, red I'm that from Somerset. Yeah, uh, didn't block down on the uh, blocked right, extra eight. point. Yeah, and we missed yep. the extra point. Jay Nunnemaker. Uh, Nunnemaker, correct. Man, and you, as as we were down in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. I need so to link I've, to this game though. I'm gonna need to watch that if you don't mind. Maybe share it out on Twitter. We'll see if he lets me. Probably not though. But I man, love it. Man. Look, I try to brag on this man as a football player all the time, and he shuts it down because now we look very similar. So I don't know if that's if that's what it is or what. But I try to give him his flowers because I've heard he was a nasty, violent football player. Like that's that's what I've heard. Yes, he was. Very rarely do you get a guy that has a switch that can turn it off and on. You know, and I liken him. There's another guy that that played in our game after Vince, uh, Jedrick Wills, who was uh, yep. number 10 overall pick in the NFL draft a couple of years ago, left tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Well, 
those two guys at tryouts uh, had very similar mentalities. You know, it might be his best friend, might be his teammate, but they're trying to put people's faces in the dirt at tryouts. You know what I mean? Or the grass or the turf or wherever we at. And then we'll pick them up and dust them off and put them back in the dirt again. So I think Vince and, you know, Jedrick Wills is the two that bring back the fondest memories of that because Jedrick was really a quiet dude also, but he didn't play any games. And we had a little muddy tryout when he tried out. And he took, you know, he took, you know, he took a liking to putting people's face in the mud. So uh, Vince is right along those lines, man. And obviously, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. I love him dearly. But, man, you know, I wouldn't sugarcoat anything. If, if, if it, you know, if he couldn't play, I'd say, man, you know, he was a decent ball player. I'd, you know, kind of tone it down a little bit. But, man, he was a, a flat-out animal. Uh, but he's a great dude, you know, on and off the field. And, but competes, 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 competes. And I'm sure he's carrying that over into his grown man life, his work life, and everything else he's got going on. He's not going to lose that because if that's in you, it's in you. You are way too kind, man. I mean, compare me to Jed, who, I mean, man's a top 10 pick, coach. I, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, Look, hey, man, I wouldn't have been... the fullback wouldn't have gone away, bro. You could have had, you could have. I mean, it's <laughs> Look, just, you know, hey, the offense mentality, is mentality, man. I'm comparing mentalities. And you know, you wasn't 6'5 and, and, and <laughs> 290, but so there's some differences. I was there. closer to 290 than I was 6'5, though, coach. That's the problem. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, Man, but the mentality is what you can't judge, man. And you can only see the results of those mentalities, man. And that's what I saw. And that's why, you know, you and I still maintain a relationship. And I appreciate it to the day because, you know, it's just some of the kids, man, you grow and you say, you can see, well, this one ain't going to make it. And we've had some that haven't made it. We've had some guys that uh, have been murdered, you know, have been killed. So uh, that play, uh, you know, quite a few of them, two or three of them, at least three or four of them, I believe. And I always knew, not wishing anything bad, obviously, but I always knew if they didn't straighten up and kind of uh, right the ship a little bit, it you know, it was going to be, it was going to be, you know, some issues down the road. And I'll tell you this real quick. We were at Future Stars camp one day and a guy was talking about, you know, because the camp is all about environment. Kids from all different backgrounds, all different colors, shapes, sizes, whatever. And a guy was there as a Louisville kid. This kid actually played for me and uh, in my youth league. And he was a dog, animal, real good player. But he was talking about some gang stuff. And one of the kids said, hey, hey, man, listen. He said, I'm not down here for that. I'm down here to play football and to get better. And I want to go to college. And the other guy said, man, you know what? You're right. Both of them played well in the game. But the one that was talking about the gang stuff is now deceased. And the one that was talking about I'm here to go to college went and played college football. That's why I'm such a big advocate for this Kentucky versus Tennessee Future Stars game is just the amount of people that you meet and see and the lives that can be impacted through this game, through this all-star event, through you all. I mean, whenever I came and played with you guys, like I I, I went to a Catholic school and I had only had white coaches. You right. Know? And now I'm on a completely mixed, you know, makes coaching staff and it's yep. you know it's just a completely different environment and being able to be you know exposed to that and talking to people from all these different walks of lives i mean castle yep. hatcher and i till this day still keep in contact and communication and castle i mean we, we had probably hadn't seen each other face to face since that game right you know? wow and, uh, it, it's just a crazy experience and uh jacob that's why i wanted to have him on so bad why don't you go ahead and list off the guys that you all have put through to play college football and then the guys that you've also had go through to the NFL? I mean, it's growing to that magnitude. Yeah, I think the better way to put it, like currently right now, we have over 90 kids that have come through our program currently playing college football at some level. Okay, currently. And who are, so, who are the- some of your big name guys that are currently you know, doing their thing at the college level. Dan Key being one for sure. Uh, Jedrick Wells did at Alabama, as you all know. Remember that name? Uh, Devin Key. Devin Key was during my generation. Uh, And and Devin's currently on the Denver Broncos right now. So he's one of the the, uh, guys that we have on the NFL roster currently. And we look to have uh, some more after this draft. Tanner Morgan who uh, played at University of Minnesota. Is in Tanner was draft a sixth grader on our team, Jacob. This, Correct. I mean, <laughs> they only Correct. took, I think, two sixth graders in, in yes. 2011. 
And, yes. you know, there's this little little scrawny sixth grader. He, I remember he had the coldest eye black for whatever reason. I, he had, yep. like, the deep crosses way before Tua did it. I mean, yep. cool as shit. But, yep. I mean, we're like, this sixth grader can freaking sling it out here. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, and we love, you know, I mean, yeah. looking at that talent early, man, and, and, and just having an eye for that is truly a blessing. But, you know, Tanner obviously played at a high level at Minnesota. You know, you've got, you know, uh, uh, Beanie, who played at West Kentucky and played at Minnesota last year. I think he's going to end up going to U of L. I'm not sure, but I know they're they're recruiting him now for his he, final year. He actually ball. he actually committed to West Virginia about 45 minutes ago. Oh. Wow. Okay. I know he visited there like the last week or so, so I knew that. Uh, yeah. You know, it was it was still in the running, so that that makes sense. So Beanie Bishop, you know, hey West Virginia, hey here he comes. So. I mean, we've had. I mean, you go. You've got both Martin brothers, Isaac and Max Martin. Isaac and Max Martin. Which my Max guy is was my just, roommate. Somebody was asking me about today. Max uh, is my roommate at that event, and then was my roommate yeah. in college. In college. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, Cole Spencer, uh, who's at Texas Tech. Yep. Yeah, who played at Trinity as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he played at uh, West Kentucky, and his dad's at Trinity. So uh, we've got, I mean, man, you got Vinny, Vinny Anthony, who's a uh, uh, wide receiver at Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin right now. So, uh, you, I mean, man, look, I, 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 what I'm proud of really uh, is we've had kids play at every level, but we've had a couple to graduate from Ivy League schools that have come through our program. That was, You know, me. Dartmouth, you know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> when you, when you, when football takes you to those levels and it's not the, the caliber of football, it's the caliber of education. You know, Taj Rice went to Duke. And I told Taj, I said, man, all you got to do is graduate from Duke, brother. I don't care about football. Just graduate. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, obviously, you know, so many at the University of Louisville, like yourself, I think we've got nine currently on UK's roster. Uh, See, that's the problem right there, Rico. Hold on. That's yep. that's We got to talk about this. We got to air this one out, this being yep. a Louisville podcast. How yep. do we get the game? on campus at the University of Louisville. I don't I don't see why they can't post them up and Betty Johnson during this month, since yep. that's not even an athletic dorm anymore. They move all the guys, all the freshmen to U Point now. So you right. can put them up in the old school dorms that I was in. Yep. Y'all can, y'all can bust them from Betty Johnson to the indoor facility. I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, the football team doesn't even need to be around. Like uh, the Louisville's football team can still practice on the practice fields or the or the game field. Y'all can just use the indoor. Or vice versa, look, whatever they need to do. You're preaching to the choir, man, because I believe that it should be done. And, and here's the, the, the dilemma, because I'm a U of L guy through and through as well. Uh, and when Coach Strong was here, he let us, you know, you tried out an indoor, if I'm not mistaken, or, or the next year we did, we used the indoor for tryouts. We we did a lot of things at University of Louisville. Once he left, uh, Coach Petrino wasn't as receptive. Uh, and so, shocker. yeah, shocker, right. So, uh, you see where they got him. So, at the end of the day, uh, obviously, I know Brian and, and Jeff and Greg, and I'd love to 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 make that relationship with them because I think it's needed, you know. Uh, and But, you know, to be fair, UK opened up the doors. I mean, they basically let us do our final walkthrough in the UK indoor last year. The kids went nuts. And we, you know, we were we, we bust up to UK. They toured the facility. We practiced there for about a 45-minute walkthrough. Everything was buttoned up. We did a little video tour, and we had guys there that had played in this game that was there to welcome these guys, kind of like what yourself would be at the University of Louisville. So I think, you know, I'm open to having that dialogue with Brian and and, and Jeff and Greg uh, to, to keep these kids here because I, what these what they don't understand, I think, is the impact. It'll be a lot easier to recruit these guys if you allow them in the front door early and then they have aspirations of going there. So, uh, you know, I think it would behoove them to let's build a relationship. Let's start a relationship. And I think, you know, Jeff Brom does have the power to do that as they're strong. Cause he didn't ask you about anything. Now, when Satterfield was here, we, I sat down with him in his office, tried to build that relationship. He just wasn't from around here. He didn't understand the impact that it has on the kids. He didn't get it. And he's a good dude, but he didn't get it. And I mean, one of the uh, 
the uh, athletic director, academic athletic director who's directly involved with the football team. Gus Ruffin. Ruffin. Yeah, Ruffin, excuse me. Uh, his son played in the game. Yeah. And he's, know. A, you know, he's just like you. He's an advocate for the game. And he said, look, you got to talk to this guy. He's changing lives. I mean, he's, I mean, why let keep letting him go to UK and Western and all these places? And he's right here. So I'm for Lococo, man. I really am. And hopefully, you know, when those guys calm down, I calm down, we can sit down and talk a little bit on what we can do to just get these kids on campus in some regard. Yeah, wow. we, we need to make it happen for sure. I, wanna, I remember I, training with Montreal Jones, and I like would go in there to the facility and just try like a smoothie, and it would be like the coolest shit ever in Louisville's facility. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I want to I want to build off that a little bit just to talk about recruiting in the state because we've obviously seen for about a decade now Kentucky has really owned that, and it's interesting to hear the kind of backstories because obviously you know, and and recruiting fault. it goes. Well, it's not his fault. It sounds like it sounds like Rico's done his job here, and it's been it's been a tough go, man. I mean, it sounds like Louisville is, uh, hello, what are we what are we waiting for know, here? Type of deal. Uh, but it it sounds like these relationships are being established. And Rico, I, maybe you can kind of touch on the percentage of kids that play in the state that aren't from Louisville versus those that are in you know the the counties around. And obviously, if you grow up outside of Louisville, you are probably a Kentucky fan. Most likely you've grown up high percentage high wanted percentage. to be a you know part of that. And you talk about them getting to go and experience that moment and, and growing up, wanting to go and play there and that kind of missing here. Um, so what, what is it that Louisville over the last decade has just missed the ball on completely throughout the state? Because I'm not, you know, way more than me, but I can name off names like Jordan Dingle, Deckel Crowdis. Um, you know, you go to Louisville, Ste Stephen Heron, Taj Rice, you know, Jason Hatcher, uh, JJ Weaver, you know, there's so many that have left the state or the city to go play at, at Kentucky or have been in surrounding areas that have gone to Kentucky. So what's, what's missing from Louisville? Like what's the puzzle piece that they just haven't been able to kind of hit that, the nail on? You know, and, and that's a great question. And, I, and, I, and I'll say this. And when we first started this program, we had guys like Doug Beaumont out. We had Jamon Brown coming out, talking to the kids. We had Louisville guys coming out. We sprinkled in a few UK guys, like an older guy, Dean Wells, and guys like that. But kids don't know and remember who he is. We had modern U of L guys. Michael Bush was out. I mean, Michael Bush came out the very first one and 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 spoke at the banquet to the kids. So we we did everything we can to uh, you know, uh, involve U of L alums, U of the University of Louisville, but what? And then we went wanted to play the game at Cardinal Stadium, and it was just too much red tape for me. Uh, uh, we sat down with the powers to be, um, and they just in UK was just a little different. Coach, uh, coach was like, "Hey, we need to get this done." They got it done. It was it was simple. They actually want us to play there next year at Commonwealth. So uh, we're have to keep that as option number two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, uh, you know, hell, I get invited to practice and games and everything else. I'm right here at Louisville. I, I can't even get in the damn uh, facility. So at the end of the day, uh, man, listen, and I've had so many. I mean, he said Max Martin and Isaac Martin and obviously Lococo, but guys on that roster, man. I mean, we've had guys on that roster at Louisville. I mean, man, listen. I mean, we, we've tried to load them up, but most of the guys that we get, the tough part about Louisville in particular with the in-state guys is, and they know you from here, they want you to walk on. So what I do is I get these kids' interests outside of the state because one of the unique things about our program is I'm going to work for you. Even though I met you in seventh grade, I'm going to be sending out things for you, talking to coaches, pushing to them to your high school. I don't care who gets the credit as long as you get opportunities that I feel like you deserve. Now, if you can't play, you can't play. But kids around here want to go to Louisville. But you can't just – everybody can't walk on. You got to give them some money, man, help them out, whatever the case may be. And I think that's the biggest difference as far as, uh, you know, L just doesn't have the buy-in. Their focus is other places. And we've tried and tried and tried. I've sat down literally six or seven times with someone up there trying to – introduce them to our program and help them understand. And when you got one of your guys whose own son played in it and he's reaping the benefits of that now, because let me say this, Lococo went to a school and I'm using him as an example, but Trinity Beatty was Beatty told you straight up. He didn't really help guys go to college. 
That wasn't his thing. Hey, those okay? recruiting letters used to be sitting on his desk, Jacob. Correct. Like, Correct. We'd be like, what and the Trinity's the probably the, the, the best program in the state, the most heralded program in the state. But it, it to me, it's tough because if if you're gonna play for me and I'm gonna ask you to give everything you got, I'm gonna do to help you reach your goals in, in, in the end game. And College coaches will call me, and I'm and I'm trying to recruit coaches to come here and say, hey, you got to look at the talent we got here in this state. If you come to Louisville, they say, where do we need to go? We need to go to Trinity because everybody knows that's where the talent's at. But I'm like, look, man, I don't think they're going to let you in over there. I don't know if, you know, at that time. I know it's changing now for the better. I know Damon Lowe's over there. A lot of guys, you know, trying to make a difference. And that, that's a beautiful thing. That's the way it should be. But they would literally, D1 recruiters would literally go over there and not be let in. So I'm like, look, man, you know, guys like Lococo and Lowe, I, I was tasked with like, look, let me see if I can help you create an opportunity. Let me let me call some coaches to see if you can get your foot in the door. Because I know you can play at this level, okay? And Lowe went to East Kentucky, ended up uh, Connor Fools, all these guys. I mean, you know, and ended up transferring to West and so forth. But my point is the opportunities. I mean, look, dude, Hunter Cantwell was a – I think a fourth or fifth, fourth round draft pick, and he walked on at Louisville originally. Yep. Because he was out of Paducah. So my point is, I, I'm trying to get guys opportunities. I don't care if you go to backyard community college, if there's an opportunity where you don't have to have a lot of student debt and you can still have the same experience, then I'm for it. And then I'm going to push the narrative with schools. You don't even know it. I'm sending stuff out. I've got emails with Lococo's name on them from like 2013. I think I, I posted one That's the other day. Yep, yeah, a couple you weeks did. Ago. <laughs> yeah, with, with, so, with emails, they didn't even know. I'm sending them out, just like pushing them. I don't care. I just want the kids to to get what they deserve and get opportunities. So, but and I still do that to this day. My wife and the, and the showcases and the, he yeah. does a showcase yeah. as well we, for all the we do alumni showcases, invite college uh, coaches out. So we do a I was ton of stuff, getting man. recruited. When I was getting yeah. recruited, you you bust us somewhere. We we hopped in a bus with you and like ten other players to go on a. I mean, that's just the opportunity yep. and things that happen. Uh, you know, being a part of this program. That's why I myself am like such a big advocate. If you want to play college football and you know that at an early age this is the spot to be. These are the people that get you ready for that. Like you said. And it makes no sense, LaCoco, excuse me, it makes no sense if you're a parent and your son's a good football player, why they wouldn't play in this event? Because your two to three to $400 investment for this week goes a long way. Man, we've been doing a $1,000 scholarship, a couple of those for the last three or four years just to alumni. You know, we say, look, and we, I can't even get but maybe two or three guys to apply. And we're giving money away. So at the end of the day, man, we're trying to do all the good we can. I'd love to have a relationship with the University of Louisville. I think with local guys being there now, they'll appreciate it. Brian Brown follows me on uh, Facebook and, and social media. So maybe, you know, he thinks I'm just going to push guys on him. But if they can't play there, they can't play there. And I know that because I evaluate talent at the highest levels where, where you know, where you got some skin in the game for real. So yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to uh, just say just because I like a kid, I think he can play at University of Louisville because I know for a fact everyone can't play there. But we do have some guys that obviously have and obviously can. So those are the guys. And, and I think you have a bet, you're better suited if you're the University of Louisville, uh, just like Kentucky saw, getting these guys on campus now. So when you bring them back, it's not foreign territory to them and they already have an affinity for the campus and the program and the school. I would imagine that as somebody who has run this program for a long time, that there are yeah. stories of lives changed, of communities impacted. When I ask you, like, what's what's the like, whether it be on the field, off the field, what's like the the number one memory for you that comes to mind? Uh, and maybe it, it contributes to the why for you of why you do this. Well, you know, I tell you, man, um, I, I like to say, you know, I like to teach these guys early what I learned late because I know I was a, a running back back in my day, a very small one, even though I'm a bigger dude now. Uh, and the, the opportunities <laughs> wasn't there like they are now. And I think these kids don't take advantage of the opportunities and, and, and all of the avenues that they have to, you know, reach and obtain their goals. Uh, I'll say this, and one of the, the, the funniest stories is, is involves we were at Future Stars Camp. The very first year we was at Bellarmine, we camped at Bellarmine, and we were, for lack of a better term, balling on a budget. 
I mean, really, man, Bob, I'm, I'm holding this thing together with Band-Aids. You hear me? So first year uniforms are pretty funny to look back at whenever you go and look at them now and see how far how far things come. Oh now, oh now we're dressed to impress. You can believe that. Right. You got swag bags and everything now. Jacob, we had them pull away mess jerseys, bro. Kids are spoiled now. (laughs) All those hey, hey hey, man, all those things the Eastern Eagle High School football jerseys right there. Every jersey that when I was in high school that Easter wore looked like they bought it at damn Walmart, man. (laughs) Hey man, and with the big mesh holes in them, man. And, And and listen, but I'll tell you my story, man. One night, uh you know, I'm trying to instill discipline and, you know, I'm, I'm basically the warden for, for the few days that I've got these guys. So, you know, it was a couple of trash cans kicked over in the hallway, garbage everywhere. And it was supposed to be lights out. So we're checking the floors, making sure everybody's locked down and going to bed. Cause you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the safekeeper of everyone's child. So that's, that's important, obviously. So I see this trash, you know, out in the hallway and I say, well, you know what? I go get all the coaches and say, look, we're going to wake everybody up. We're going to blow the whistle, get everybody's uh, behinds out of the bed, and we're going to go out here and run heels till we find out who dumped these garbage cans in the hallway. So we went outside, and I made the linemen run first because I knew they didn't want any part of those heels, and they would tell. So I said, look, you don't got to point them out. You know, it's not first 48, but you just come and whisper it to me and tell me which one did it. So they ran and they took it for a man, you know, as men, about, you know, three or four up and down those hills. And, you know, Bellarmine, there's steep hills out there. Yep. <laughs> Finally, two or three of them was out of breath and out of gas. And they said, hey, Coach, the guy in the blue shirt down there, the guy in the blue shirt is the one who got to start. And they're whispering it. And I'm laughing. We're cracking up. Nobody really knew who told on him. But it didn't because I didn't want any, obviously, any, you know, repercussions. But the, the bottom line is then I made him run in front of everybody. Uh, after I got him to admit it, because I didn't want to be obviously accusatory. But I think that right there, the loyalty that they show, you know, everybody's running as a unit, the reluctance to tell on them, and then him being accountable and stepping up, say, yeah, coach, I did it. I don't want anybody to run. Now, of course, it was after they told on him. But I think <laughs> that story right there kind of touches everything that the program entails, the discipline part, the unity part. You know, as, as Lococo said earlier, we got guys from all walks of life. You literally got kids from the mountains and the farms that come here, man. They've never been away from home, more or less stay somewhere and possibly in a room with another race. So to believe that, think about that. You've got, you know, a guy that comes in that really don't know another race or vice versa, someone from the city or whatever. And it's like, because they all ask me, can, can, can I stay with this guy? Can I room with this guy? No, no. The whole, the whole objective here is you might get lucky and get a buddy like LaCoco did, but the whole objective is <laughs> is to meet new people, understand them, and then I know it's less behavior issues because you don't know if this roommate's going to tell on you because you don't know him that well. It's not your buddy. So, you know, that that that's just one of the stories that we had as far as a uh, camp story. And, and you know, we, obviously we've got guys that, you know, had a guy that just I posted not long ago, graduated from Dartmouth, played the very first year we had this game. He's uh, going to be interning, and he's finishing up law school and interning as general counsel for the uh, Atlanta Hawks right now. Wow. And, awesome. uh, yeah, so, you know, he graduated, uh, played football for Dartmouth and graduated there. And I believe that, uh, you know, we've got um, another player I posted not long ago, graduated from Central, went to uh, played at the, uh, uh, I think it was Naval, the Naval Academy, played football there. He's an officer in the Navy now. Uh, he's got a couple years left where he's, you know, he's out of there. And uh, so very proud of a lot of these guys, man, for, you know, you can just be a regular guy working a nine to five and just have a family and take care of your family and being responsible in the community. That's enough for me. But there are some good stories of guys going on. I know we talked about the NFL guys, but there's some other guys that are making it in athletics and other ways and then attorneys and just making it from an academic standpoint and just being overall general good people. Well, Coach, why don't we talk about this year's game just a little bit? We'll highlight on it uh, as we're getting ready to get out of here. Uh, when is the Louisville tryout, as I wanted to do this, in kind of correlation with the Louisville tryout? Where can we watch the game this year? What time's it on? Is it going to be televised? Yeah. And, you know, tell parents and stuff where to sign up, because this might be the first time for uh, some parents that they're hearing their voice and uh, hearing the Kentucky Future Stars name. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're looking for the best six – current sixth seventh and eighth graders 
uh, of this school year because I get no fifth graders because I get that a lot. Their babies just can't take them to camp with those big boys. But, uh, you know, we've got our next tryout this weekend coming up. We'll be in Somerset on the 15th. The following week, we'll be in Louisville on the 23rd, the day after Thunder over Louisville. That's a Sunday. We're trying out at Ballard High School. Uh, I think we started over there about noon. Uh, I think it's, I believe it's about noon, but you can check our website, KentuckyFutureStars.com. And then our final tryout is in Lexington on the 29th to wrap everything up as we begin to formulate our rosters and pick the guys that are going to represent the Kentucky side of the Future Stars against Tennessee this year. We're camping at Campbellsville University. Uh, report date is June the 14th. We'll charter bus down uh, on that Friday. Probably maybe stop at Western Kentucky, do a little tour visit there, uh, maybe a walk through there if schedule permits, and then we'll go on to uh, Clarksville to Austin P University where we'll have our pep rally Friday night. All teams and parents that want to attend will be in attendance, and then uh, we'll get back to our hotel down there where we're staying and get ready for the games on Saturday, which I think is going to start around ten o'clock uh, Clarksville time. So, and that's on June 17th, uh, June 17th. Yes, June 17th. So, uh, basically, I mean, we're looking for guys. We're like the military. We're, we, all we want is a few good men. We can get us a couple of Cocos. We, we all want. you need is 11. All you need hey, is 11. Hey, that's it. That's it. You know, and we're not going to take – we're different from most of these programs. We're not going to take a kid just to get a number or reach a, a, a roster number. I, I Look, if we've got 25 dogs, and that's all we're going to have. Okay, I'm not just going to take it's not about money. And if you look at people call me all the time and say, I don't know how you can keep this program afloat. And I think our all all inclusive cost this year is 400 bucks. And that includes your room, your board, your travel, all your gear. We go swimming, the pep rally, snacks, charter buses, everything we do. Man, look, it's I seen a one day camp over here coming up in a couple of weeks and I'm not going to call anybody out. But it's two hundred dollars, and it's a five-hour camp. Is uh is the KFC buffet included in the four hundred dollars, Coach? That we have before. Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> listen, buffet. Listen, we you had talking about balling on a budget. Hey man, listen, we eat good now, man. We look Campbellsville. They've got the ice cream stand. They got the salad bar buffet. They got the pizza. They got the vegetables. It's like Golden Corral in that place. Those kids <laughs> eat good. They eat good. And then we have snacks that people donate that we pile up in the dorms. So after the last practice, kids can grab them a snack if they don't have their own, take them up to their room, eat it, whatever, a little Debbie or whatever they want. And, you know, we're gracious that the parents donate those snacks. And, and let me tell you this. We even got kids that we do a fundraiser, Krispy Kreme. So if you sell donuts, the, the you know, some of it goes to pay for the certificates for the Krispy Kreme. The profit goes to lessen your fee. Some kids sell enough donuts to where they don't have to pay anything. Okay. All they need is a little hustle, wow. which is, which is good. And we've got some parents who were so uh, respectful and just appreciative of our program. They actually even donate back and say, Hey, here's some snacks or here's some, you know, here's some, this may help this kid or one parent. Uh, well, there two is two of them. They own a bakery. And they provided all the desserts and snacks for us one year on the bus as we traveled. Oh, the bakery man. just donated all the brownies and cupcakes and everything we had. I know like Coach I really Moss was digging, in, digging into that. I know Coach Moss was digging into that. Listen, Coach Moss was killing it. Man, I had to keep this. That, I'm trying to keep him healthy and upright now because of all those snacks he's been eating. So, <laughs> man, listen, all of the coaches, man, and you know, we keep the general, we're getting a little older, so we keep the regime around to, uh, you know, because their minds, everybody's minds are still good, even though we don't move like we used to. But we know football, we know players. And the proof is in the pudding, for lack of a better term, because we've created this brotherhood that no one understood what we were trying to do. And and, and guys like yourself, Lococo, look back to see who's the next best guys coming up through it. You're like a big brother, these guys. We, we started a GA program. We have guys come back and coach that played in this game that now are giving back to the kids and paying it forward. So, man, you know, we got so many uh, so many avenues and so many benefits from being a, a, a member of this program and our brotherhood that it just, you know, it just it behooves any parent with a child to at least allow them to come out and see what they got and compete against some guys. And last one for me, why don't you go ahead and fill everybody in with uh, 
the coaching staffs that you have established from seventh and eighth grade. I know Keith Tobridge is a part of that staff. Uh, Nino Brown uh, from Atherton is part of that staff. Who who else is on uh, on the seventh and eighth grade uh, staffs? Kind of do it different a little bit now because I don't want any collusion, for lack of a better term. So we wait to really announce the the full fledged staffs until after the rosters are chosen. I mean, you know, obviously Toe Bridge, you know, Jamon Brown's gonna come out and coach with us this year, so he told me. That's a big name. Yeah. So we keep we keep a lot of, you know, a lot of NFL guys. We've had Dennis Johnson to come out and coach with us a, a few years, who's the the current uh high school head coach at uh head coach at uh Woodford County, and obviously a former UK and NFL guy yourself himself. You know, we've had, you know, Justin Green has come out and helped us. We've had several, a lot of guys. Uh last year Derek Dorsey came out and helped us. Derek Dorsey coached with us last year. You know, uh, Ty Martin, who played in the game and played college ball. So we've got a lot of guys that come out. Uh, Juan Juan Northington, who's playing in Murray State right now, came out and coached with us last year, who was an MVP in this game as well. Okay? So he came back as one of our GAs, if you will, last year, and he loved it. You know, he loved it. You know, just seeing how he acted when he was at camp. Now, looking back at it now, he's like, was we this? Was we like this, Coach? I'm like, yeah, worse. <laughs> this group's better. You know what I mean? So, you know. But but again, you're looking at the, the 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 pedigree and the caliber of guys. When I'm talking about Juwan Northington, who and, and a, a Dane Key and a Lacoco, I'm talking about guys that are MVP in this game. These are names that you you. I mean, nobody knew you guys were going to be you guys in the sixth and seventh and eighth grade. That you did. You believe well, in every of one of us. And, and, that's, and exactly that's why right. I'm so high on this game, and I'm so high so high on you and your staff and what you're doing, Coach Rico. So uh, yeah. for me, uh, as Jacob is about to wrap us up here, I, I can't thank you enough uh, from the bottom of my heart for everything that you've done for me, not just on the football field, but off the football field. There's no doubt in my mind things would have been different. I, probably, I, I mean, who knows what would have happened. I might have, might not have played college football if it wasn't for you. So uh, really very appreciative. That, uh, we'll always come back to the Louisville tryouts. That, I mean, you can always expect me there. I have to say thank you before we uh, sign off here. Hey, I appreciate it. Jacob as well. I appreciate you, brother. Any opportunity, we greatly appreciate this. And anything that arises in the future, we look forward to it as well. Well, that's going to do it here on From the Pink Seats podcast. A little different flavor episode here, but uh, it's all about the football culture on the show. It's not just Louisville football, but building up the, the communities and areas around us because they may eventually impact Louisville if we do this right. Uh, so, right. Jeff. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, uh, and we'll catch up with you soon, and best of luck uh, this summer. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.